Hey, Focus on Healthy Families listeners, welcome to today's podcast. I am your host, Tammy Malloy, founder of Focus on Healthy Families and Focus on Healing Kids and Adults. The mission of Focus on Healthy Families is to encourage healthy lifestyles for busy families. The mission for Focus on Healing Kids and Adults is to encourage the use of nutrition as a tool for healing, especially for those with autoimmune and mental health issues. On today's podcast, Small Steps to Healthier Families. The meaning of the word health seems to have evolved over the years. It used to be based solely on weight. To lose weight meant you had to count calories. Then cholesterol was the word to watch out for and suddenly all fats were bad. After a while we discovered a certain amount of the right kind of fat was necessary, especially for proper brain function. Today there are lots of diet trends. We've gone from South Beach diet and the Zone diet to the current keto diet. But in all this confusion, we may have forgotten what a healthy lifestyle looks like, especially for our kids. On today's show, we hope to simplify something that seems to have become quite complex of late, and that's a healthy lifestyle that is good for the whole family. Much of what goes into this is whole food nutrition, but it also consists of healthy movement, developing relationships within the family circle, and practicing and teaching our kids the art of self-care. So let's start today with food. Staying healthy is a huge challenge today for any family. Getting that way is an even bigger one. We all know that it's easy to run through the clown's drive-thru and grab a peck of chicken nuggets. But we also know that those chicken nuggets aren't exactly ideal source of nutrition for kids. However, for some of us, that's all our kids will eat. Food restrictions are a big deal in the realm of those with pandas, with ADHD, and with gut issues. The big question is, how do we get these kids to move past the traditional fare of cheeseburgers and hot dogs to healthier foods, such as fruits and vegetables? The key is to start small and bring your patients. Alicia Grogan, a licensed pediatric occupational therapist with over 14 years of experience and a mom to three boys, is a blogger at MyKidsTable.com. She works especially with kids with sensory issues. She says that junk foods are easier to eat because they have a flavor that kids respond to and most junk food is carb-based. Children are literally wired to eat carbs. Seriously, they seek out foods that are sweet from a biological perspective because it gives them energy and a super long, long, long time ago it helped prevent them from putting poisons in their mouth they came across in the wild. Not to mention that a few years ago, a study found that kids may actually become addicted to junk foods from a physical standpoint. She also points out the sensory aspect for children, stating that many junk foods are crunchy, and this is a texture that many picky eaters prefer. Believe it or not, in a lot of cases, the crunch actually makes it easier for kids to eat than soft foods, like a baked potato. Because kids can feel exactly where the chip is in their mouth. The mushy potato either feels weird or they lose track of it in their mouth while they're trying to chew it. Grogan brings us eight strategies to try when we are encouraging our children to eat healthier, especially when all they want is junk food. Number one, 
Keep healthy food in the house. This may seem difficult when that healthy food is all going to waste, but it is important that kids see us buying the fresh food in the grocery store and then unloading it onto our shelves. She encourages us to involve them further by having them pick out the bananas or the tomatoes we're going to bring home. Number two, model healthy eating habits. They should see us eating that healthier food that we've brought home. Above all, don't offer judgment statements like, hey, you see mommy eating this? Do you think you might want to try it too? Instead, Grogan says to speak about the food in a neutral manner, such as, this banana is sweet and sometimes people put it into cookies because of its flavor and sweetness. It is also very soft and easy to chew. Number three, serve healthier options. Start small. Serve the healthier options alongside of the junk food that they prefer. Maybe just start with one, like a couple of grapes with the hot dogs and ramen. Don't force them to eat it either. That will just backfire and have the opposite effect. If they freak out about the healthy food, baby step it backward. Offer it on a divided plate or even in a bowl next to their regular food. Patience is a key when developing this new palate. Number four, buy less junk food. Once your child is starting to make some progress with the healthy foods, start cutting out some of the other food. If it's not in the house, it's not there to eat. Again, moderation and patience is the key. There should be something they will eat served with every meal, even if it's less than ideal. The idea is that as time wears on, they will start to crave healthier foods and therefore will be something healthy at the meal they will eat even if they won't eat every healthy option provided. You also may want to consider purchasing duplicate treats that are healthier. One example might be organic Fruit Loops that don't have the preservatives or chemical-based food dyes. You can also make homemade versions of gummy bears or homemade french fries. The new air fryers on the market are great for this. One thing I give my kids are gummies that are completely fruit and vegetable based. I'll tell you more about these in a moment. Number five, don't lecture about healthy foods. We've touched on this before, but Grogan gave it its own strategy here. She states it's so hard not to lecture kids about food. Personally, I'm guilty of this myself. But she states that the pressure just makes them turn their backs more so and creates a negative association with food. So it is important to always remember to refer to both healthy food and junk food in a neutral light and refrain from calling them bad foods or good foods. Statements such as, don't you want to grow up big and strong, backfire on us too. Number six, and my personal favorite, prepare the meal or snack together. Often in our busy lives as moms, we find that we are rushing home from work, trying to throw something together last minute. It's all very rushed and the kids just get in our way. But it's probably the most important tip on the list and something I really wish I would have incorporated with my kids was to help them or have them help prepare. This makes them invested in the product. Of course, any job should be age appropriate. Like small children can toss a salad while older ones can work with a knife or even heat things on the stove. 
but even a five-year-old can be handed a plastic knife and bananas to cut for fruit salad. Now, if they refuse, remind them periodically throughout the day that you can't wait to have that time together. Put on music and make it fun. We have lots of kid-friendly recipes that are gluten and dairy-free that we post every Tuesday on our Facebook page at Focus on Healing Kids. Or check out our cookbook on bit.ly slash Focus on Healing Families. Number seven, cut off endless snacking. We all know that endless snacking and what it can do for appetites. It also opens the door to massive amounts of chemicals and preservatives attacking our gut and our kids' guts. Grogan admits that it's easy to let them eat what they want when they're not eating well. But she advises that it's really doing more harm than good. She encouraged parents to space out meals about every two and a half to three hours because it creates what she calls an appetite cycle that actually has them hungry when they sit down to eat. And number eight, plant a garden. If you have enough backyard, you can create a small veggie garden out of and out in the back and grow things like lettuce, peas, tomatoes. Even potatoes could be grown in a barrel or a large flower pot. Even if you don't have the space, you can still grow in something using what's called a tower garden. This has been one of my favorite investments and it's cost me less than a daily supply of organic vegetables. It takes up less than four square feet of space and can be set up outside or with the inclusion of lights, it can be brought inside and you can grow year round. I have information about tower gardens on my website at bit.ly slash focus on healthy families JP. I found Grogan's blog to be a wealth of information for parents of kids with sensory issues, especially those surrounding food. If you enjoyed these tips that I got from her, check out her blog at mykidstable.org. When we come back, we'll move on to a few other tips on food and other wellness tips. Stay tuned. Before we move on to other wellness tips, I want to touch on what kind of foods are ideal for those with leaky gut and autoimmune disease. Last week we spoke a little about leaky gut leading to ADHD, ODD, and other health concerns. We'll probably delve into it further in a future episode. The science surrounding leaky gut and ADHD is fairly new, even though the first connection between gut and mind health was first made over 100 years ago. Studies are now being done that demonstrate that there is something there and what can be done to prevent or repair the damage. I mentioned at the start of this broadcast that there are lots of diets out there. Unfortunately, some do more harm than good. I have found that these lifestyle changes work the best for us. Number one, decrease or eliminate gluten and dairy. There is lots of research to state that these are inflammatory foods and should be avoided by those with leaky gut and autoimmune disease. For instance, a 2017 article was pro published in the journal Nutrition Reviews entitled Adverse Effects of Gluten Ingestion and in Advantages of Gluten Withdrawal in Non-Celiac Autoimmune Disease. It states, 
Gluten affects the microbiome and increases intestinal permeability. This is leaky gut syndrome. It boosts oxidative stress and affects epigenetic behavior. It is also immunogenic, cytotoxic, and pro-inflammatory. Further, a 2016 study was published on the effect of cow's milk and states that it is the A1 casein protein in dairy that the human body cannot break down. The study showed that the A1 was the source of increased gastrointestinal inflammation and decreased cognitive function. Those of us with autoimmune disorders who have eliminated dairy from our diets report less joint pain and more energy. Rheumatoid arthritis improves in the absence of dairy from the diet and overall digestion improves. Number two, eliminate processed and refined sugars. According to Dr. Mitra Ray, processed and refined sugar has had the fiber removed. So that sugar crash we feel within an hour after eating something with refined sugar is a direct result of not having that fiber present to slow the absorption of that sugar. She also states that those who use artificial sweeteners are 47% more likely to become obese. The fact is that our body is not made to recognize and can even reject those chemicals that make up artificial sweeteners. The best bet for our bodies are natural sweeteners that don't, ri- don't raise blood sugars, such as raw honey, dates, coconut sugar, and even banana puree. Number three, eat whole food. Like I already stated, processed food typically contains many chemicals and preservatives. While it helps to make the food look good and increase shelf life, it does not do our bodies any good when we ingest them. Many food dyes have been linked to hyperactivity, chromosomal damage, thyroid cancer, and brain, bladder, and kidney tumors. Eating a more plant-based diet with more fruits and vegetables helps to heal the body. Food is medicine. A helpful tool I have discovered for my own family are natural fruit and vegetable gummies. My kids are part of the largest health study in the world geared towards kids' nutrition. It has shown that with the inclusion of these gummies in children's diets, 71% of kids were eating fast food and soda less, and 61% were craving and eating more fresh fruits and vegetables. These results are incredible, and I invite you to learn more about the study at my website, bit.ly slash focusonhealthyfamilies. Right now, they are looking to add more participants. And the best thing is that kids receive the gummies for free with an adult sponsor. Well, we've spoken a lot on food today, but we would remiss not to touch on some of the other factors included in wellness. This would be active movement, relationship building, and self-care. We talk about this a lot at our Facebook group, at, which is the at symbol, Focus on Healing Kids. Here are some quick pointers to conclude today's broadcast. Number one, kids and adults need 30 minutes of activity daily. This should include in some part aerobic exercise. However, this does not mean you need to get your kids involved in 30 minutes of boring calisthenics. Not when there are so many more fun options. You could possibly get them involved in a sport. But some of more delicate kids can't tolerate going out for a sport or even just listening to a coach's instructions for more than five minutes. But that's okay. Take them to the park and kick around a soccer ball. Walk the dog. Go out and play tag in the backyard. 
or go for a walk, a bike ride, or take a swim. The best part is that that 30 minutes does not have to come all at one time. It can be split up during the day. Number two, relationship building. Life is, is stressful, especially when you have a special needs child. At least once a week, try to plan a family activity that involves active engagement. This could be game night, or you could go play mini golf on a nice warm evening. You can combine the active movement and relationship building by taking walks together after dinner. This week's relationship building tip on our Facebook group was to make a tent or put up a small ready-made tent in the larger room in a larger room of the house for a weekend as a fun hangout. Bring the popcorn and maybe a movie and create those memories. The important thing is that you are making memories together that try to take that additional stress out of life. And number three is self-care. If mom and dad aren't taking care of themselves properly, they are less able to take care of their kids. Be sure you're taking time out of your day to meet your needs. That may mean meeting up with a friend over coffee, taking down time to read a good book, taking a yoga class, or for me, church on Sunday morning. Teach your kids the importance of self-care, too. Managing rages by developing a cool-down box and helping your kids learn how to use it could help with those really stressful days. There is so much we can talk about on developing healthy strategies for your family, but what is important to note is that you can start small. Making one simple change each day, each week, and each month may be all it takes to get your family on the road to wellness. We would love to hear from you. You can join us on our Facebook community site at, that would be the at sign, at Focus on Healthy Families or at Focus on Healing Kids or on our website at bit.ly slash Focus on Healthy Families. We're also on Instagram and Twitter and you can find the links to those on our website. The information on this show is not intended to be a substitute for that of a medical practitioner. Please seek the advice of your doctor when making any changes to diet or exercise for the safety of you and your child. Next time on Focus on Healthy Families, it's springtime here in the Midwest, so we'll delve into the world of family gardening. So dust off those gardening tools and meet us right here. Thanks for listening, and have a great week. <music>